sometimes you need to hit the pause button as a clinician um, and a researcher and say, hang on, this is what my underlying assumption is. We want to be evidence-based practitioners, but in fact, this is just how we should practice. Ethics is every part of every clinical decision that we make. And what it is that we do is we make lives better. Welcome to Speak Up, the Speech Pathology Australia podcast. This podcast series highlights conversations with esteemed contributors in the speech pathology space. We explore key issues in the profession in a short and easy to listen to format. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say. Hello, this is Marie Brown. I'm Speech Pathology Australia's Manager of Professional Education and I have the pleasure of chatting today with Dr Claire Mayers. Claire is a clinical psychologist who trained at University College London before moving to Australia in 2006 where she worked in crisis assessment in adult mental health, adolescent forensic health and at the Royal Children's Hospital in the Integrated Mental Health Program. Claire now runs her own private practice and works with adults, children and families on a broad range of psychological and mental health issues. Her main approaches are schema therapy, cognitive behavioural therapy, narrative and systemic. Claire is also one of the panellists in our forthcoming online learning presentation called You Can Ask That, Riding the Wave of Work-Life Stress. Welcome Claire and thank you for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me today, Marie. Work-life stress, that's something that I'm sure is, is resonating with many people at the moment, many of our clinicians, considering this current environment. And I'm sure the term um, is uh, very poignant, especially considering the COVID-19 outbreak. And to make matters worse, the World Health Organization recently declared the situation as not a sprint, but rather a marathon, which is a very um, overwhelming statement for many people, I suspect. Uh, so this is undoubtedly a, a time of crisis, generating huge amounts of stress, anxiety and even depression throughout our population. And uh, Claire, interestingly, the World Health Organization also warned healthcare workers that they need to manage their mental health and psychosocial well-being just as much as they need to manage their physical health. And I know here at National Office, we're currently receiving a lot of calls and emails from our members about the challenge of juggling multiple and conflicting priorities at this time. So Claire, do you as a psychologist diagnose stress or do you call it something else? Um, we can call it stress. We can call it anxiety. Um, to be honest, I just tend to use whatever terms my clients use in the room. So psychologists think of um, people more in terms of, of a formulation. So instead of just two or three words to describe what's going on, it'll be more like two or three paragraphs. Um, so it might be stress, which has been caused by um, having to learn how to do telehealth while homeschooling your children. You know, we, we tend to put a whole heap of context around what's going on for a person, think about all their strengths and work with those. Mm. So what sort of signs are you looking for uh, if somebody presents to you and either they feel or you believe they may be suffering from stress? Yeah, well, people will tend to come along and, and say, you know, either I can't sleep or I'm shouting at my kids all the time, something like that. I mean, the, the classic signs are disturbed sleep, um, change in your mood or irritability. Um, my daughter certainly says, you're having a bossy day today, mum. And I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> she's noticed and I haven't always, because quite often it's what people around you notice um, and you don't necessarily notice it yourself. Um, so irritability can be a, a big one. Um, your appetite can change um, and you might notice that your thoughts are racing and you're feeling quite overwhelmed, uh, especially with more negative thoughts. And then if things get really quite severe or go on for a long, a long time, so if things go on for a long time, you might, um, some people will even start having um, thoughts of self-harm or suicidal thoughts or just not wanting to be around. Goodness me. So, so the long-term effect of, um, of stress on people is that it can lead to suicidal thoughts. I, I, I had never even con thought of it in that respect. Yeah, I suppose that the way that I think about it, it's a bit like um, stress is a bit like a bath. So it's healthy to have a certain amount of stress in your life, like you need a certain amount of water in the bath to get yourself clean. But the trouble is, over time, that stress can, can you know, flood in like you've got the taps on full, full pelt, or it can drip, drip, drip as well. And you, you, could, you, you might not even notice that you haven't turned the tap off. And that's what we've got a lot of at the moment. We've got a lot of full-on stress flooding in. And we've also got that drip, 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 because we might hear something on the radio or something on the TV. We might not be taking much notice, but it still goes in. Um, so that can happen. And especially over a long time, the longer the stress goes on for, the more likely your bath is to, full up, to fill up. And the main thing, I suppose, what we need to do there is to work out um, how we're going to empty our bath a bit. We need to get good at pulling the plug out. Um, what sort of what sort of changes does that create in the body, in the person's body, when you're having both of those things happening at the same time? Yeah. Well, what will happen is we pretty much go towards more of a, a fight or flight mode. Um, so your body will have a lot more adrenaline circulating around it. And of course, what we want to do with, with that adrenaline is either we're, we're, we're gearing up for that primitive thing that we used to do, which might be fighting off wild animals or running away from wild animals. And of course, we're, we're so much more restricted in our homes at the moment. Our gyms have closed and you know all, all the outlets that we normally have, we don't have. Um, and what we want to avoid doing is taking that energy that we've got within our bodies and unleashing it on, you know, in an angry tirade on our, on our partner or children mm. or friend or whoever it is. Um, because the trouble is, is that when we are under more stress and we are in the closer to the fight or flight mode, we get very focused on getting things right. We can get quite directive or bossy as my daughter calls me and we also lack empathy because we, it's very difficult to think about other people when really we are geared up to to be kind of fighting for our lives if you like and just focused on ourselves so that's what we tend to do um, at times of lower stress ideally we want to be in a calm alert mode which means that we can be creative, we can be flexible, and we can be collaborative, and we also have more empathy. Um, that's, that's our ideal mode to be in, but it's very difficult for many of us to, to feel in that mode at the moment. And sometimes we'll creep without even knowing that drip, drip, drip will creep us further and further away from that calm alert mode to more of a 
to more of a stressed fight or flight mode. And you don't even know it's occurring at the time. You don't necessarily know it's occurring. As I say, I, it tends to get pointed out to be to me my, by my children. Mm. <laughs> um, what about, um, so it must be particularly hard then during these times for clinicians uh, when you're trying to balance and, and, and adjust your own state of mind and your own moods, but at the same time you're, you're trying to demonstrate empathy towards your clients. And if that's sort of being affected, the ability to demonstrate empathy is being affected because of the stress. And then on top of that, you mentioned earlier in the, the um, our discussion about telepractice and, and you were saying before to me that you're now needing to convert your practice over to uh, using uh, telepractice services. And, and on top, so you've got that additional layer of learning new uh, equipment, new processes, new procedures on an already very traumatised, for want of a better word, brain or stressed out brain. That's true. And of course, you know, some of us might be homeschooling our children. Um, so there's, there's heaps of stuff that's mm. going on around us. It's, not, it's really not a good time to be learning new things like telepractice, but here we are. Um, so, so why is that, Claire? Why is it not a good time to be learning? Well, because what tends to happen is we, our capacity for learning reduces when we're under stress. Wow. Um, so that our frontal lobes tend to, I guess, go offline or, you know, it's like a dodgy internet connection where they'll sometimes be working and sometimes not. So we're not at our, at our best state to be doing these things. And it's so important to acknowledge that it's so important to acknowledge, you know, I'm going to have a, a go at setting up this telepractice. It probably won't go very well. I might practice on one of my friends see if they can take a call with me because it, it is going to take longer than you think to learn anything new and you're probably going to get more stressed out while you're doing it so it's important to acknowledge that and it's also important to access any help that you can get in terms of setting it up what about if you're in a in a workplace where you have other staff that you're either working with or responsible for what sort of signs can you keep an eye out for that start keeping in mind the effects that this can be ha having on them what sort of signs do you think clinicians should be looking for in their co-workers yeah well I think the the main things are going to be if there are any changes in behavior mm -hmm. um, from what they normally are so they might be quieter they might be louder um, you know, any, any sorts of change. And I think it's really important with our, with our co-workers to check in on them and just say, you know, wow, this, and normalize it. So, you know, times have changed so much. There's so much going on. How are you going with it? Um, and it's good to be somewhat humble and uh, recognize some of the things that you're really struggling with as well. Because I suppose the problem for some of your co-workers are going to be that if you're in charge of them they might feel that they need to say yes yes it's all fine it's fine it's all going good whereas actually they might really need to um to have some help so i think we need to to be explicit and and say and be able to say you know there's a lot of new things going on at the moment and i'm not expecting you to get your head around it all is there anything that you want to to bring up that you 
that you're feeling that you might need to chat over. And and maybe perhaps leading by example by expressing your own feelings as well and, and, and acknowledging that it's a difficult time for you as well. I think that's right about acknowledging that it's difficult. It's all about making these difficult feelings and difficulty in learning or setting things up to be really normal mm. so that everyone feels that they're in it together yes. as opposed to that they might get told off for not being up to speed quick enough. Mm. That's a great strategy. I love that. That's fantastic. What sort of, for those who are listening, who are recognising so what you're saying is resonating with them and it, they're recognising some, that perhaps they're, they're stressed or, or their staff are stressed or their co-workers are, are suffering, what sort of resources would you recommend? First of all, I guess what I'd like to say around managing stress, I think we really need to manage our expectations. And most of the time, those expectations, we put them on ourselves. So we need to be really careful with our expectations. We need to be really careful with our expectations of our clients. Um, I've found so far with my work, um, COVID-19, I guess you could say, has been a bit of an interruption. We might talk about that for the first, I don't know, it might even be half an hour of a session. And I think, oh, gosh, you know, I don't have time to do this that I really wanted to do with them. But what I've started doing is is thinking, you know, what are maybe the, the main one or two things that I would like to address with my clients? And that's really important, but they're not going to be able to address them until they've already spoken about what they're really anxious about. And what we need to do with all of our, our clients or patients is we need to listen to them enough that we can um, hear their concerns. We empathize with them and we normalize them and that will make them feel calmer and it will push them more towards that kind of calm alert mode instead of the fight or flight mode and that means that they will then be more likely to take on board the main things that we might want to talk to them about and when we're helping our clients learn we need to um use as many modalities as possible. So because we're not face-to-face, -face, we, we're not getting as much as the, of their non-verbal communication. And also, it might be that they're quite distracted. There might be kids in the next room. There might be kids in the same room. Um, they're probably going to be thinking, oh, my God, you know, how am I going to get them off their screens? You know, there's going to be all sorts of competing factors. Mm. People aren't going to be as present in their sessions. Our clients aren't going to be as present. So we're going to need to explain to them for example we're going to need to practice together we're going to need to get them to show you so everything's going to take a bit longer and we're going to need to do it with as much warmth and humor does that make sense that makes total sense so so basically i to, to recap i think what if i've if i can paraphrase you correctly i think what you're saying is first of all lower the expectations that you place on yourself slow down and be kind to yourself and allow yourself the time to adjust, but also to have that strategy when managing um, other people is to listen, empathise and normalise. So if you listen, empathise and normalise, you're going to take really good, strong first steps into building rapport and addressing stress in the workplace. 
That's exactly right, because we, we definitely need to have that rapport still, which can be more tricky to build when you're, uh, when you're having a, a phone call or a video call and you're not mm-hmm. actually in the same room as each other. So, yeah, those, those are the building blocks, and we have to have those happen in order for any sort of teaching to have any sort of successful outcome. So a great resource that I've found is um, Brene Brown. She's Mm. just um, brought out her podcast and I listened to her first one and she's recording it while she's locked down with COVID-19. So that in itself is pretty cool because we're all in it together. And um, she's got some brilliant techniques. Again, a lot of them are about um, managing your own expectations and really acknowledging that this is the first time that we're doing this. We might be experienced in our roles and in our jobs, but it's the first time that we're doing them with the social distancing. So it's really important that we acknowledge that. So she's a great resource. Um, Another great resource, if you're feeling stressed or it's like, how do I manage being overwhelmed? I always Google and I, I say the word tiny Buddha first because I really like their articles. So I'll say tiny Buddha how to manage anxiety or tiny Buddha, how to manage when I'm overwhelmed. And it comes up with some great articles that not only explain things very clearly, but they also give you real proper strategies to be using. Ah, The other thing to acknowledge is that what's happening at the moment with this isolation is that we are suddenly less physically connected Mm. and a lot of us suddenly have a less clear purpose. We either have less to do or we have way too much to do. But those two things can be quite crippling. So it's really important that even though we're physically distant, we maintain some sort of connection with our colleagues because we're not bumping into each other in the corridor. You know, there isn't your colleague to notice that stressed look on your face and go, hey, are you okay? So we need to be purposely checking in with each other. Um, And that's going to help us to feel more connected. Mm. And then if we think about our clear purpose, um, I think we need to acknowledge, I guess the things that just happen normally. So the clear purpose might be, you know, one of the things today is to check in on at least three of my coworkers, for example, or it will be to start the um, session with my client by saying, how are you going? How are you feeling? What are your levels of anxiety like? Another another great thing to do, I think, personally, is not watch the news or at least watch it minimally. Um, I tend to try and look up things on the internet um, and get specific information as opposed to spend half an hour listening to quite a lot of chat, if you like. I just try and cut that out because it can, again, add to your stress bar. Um, And yeah, the main things I think are to notice your breathing as well. So the engine to get us really stressed in our body is our breathing. The more quickly we breathe, the more we're going to feel stressed. And an immediate way to tell our bodies, stop that stress response, is to just slow down our breathing and especially to breathe out. So if we can practice um, uh, belly breathing, if you, if you Google belly breathing um, 
And you can also Google progressive muscle relaxation and that will help you to get the, you probably won't be aware of how, how much stress you're holding in your muscles, but that can be a really useful technique as well. Um, and stay as much in the present as possible because what we can do is we can jump ahead and go, oh gosh, you know, what happens in three months time when we don't know what's happening in three months time. We haven't got a clue what's going on. To be honest, three weeks ago, I had no idea that I would be, <laughs> I say home, I'm doing air bunnies now, homeschooling my children, <laughs> which has been a bit of a disaster so far. I think I only got to 9.26 a.m. one day and I nearly put them on eBay. I really, <laughs> I just had to walk away. Um, but yes, yeah, so we, we just have to um, ask for help and breathe and then lower our expectations and carry on because this isn't forever. And we need to work with what's happening now. What can I do now at the moment? We don't really need to think too much far past that because if we think in the future, if we're thinking about the future, we're more likely to feel anxious. If we're thinking about what can I do now that is in my control, we are much more likely to feel calmer and better and more accomplished. Okay, and another resource that you can go to, um, I do have a Facebook page that I post on, I post articles and things on there that I think are gonna be useful for me. Um, so I whack that on Dr. Claire Mayers and that's on Facebook. And another um, useful resource at the moment um, is someone I trained with. He's called Saab Johal, and he's done a lot of disaster management, actually, and has written a lot of the um, pandemic, uh, response to pandemic and how to be prepared. He's doing um, little YouTube clips every day, and he's called The Useful Psychologist, and they're literally like two minutes long, what you can do to help, what, what's likely to be happening at the moment, what you're going to be going through, what you're going to be feeling, and how to deal with it. So that's really useful as well. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you so much, Claire, for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, Claire. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening and bye for now.